Support for An Honest Account comes from Moneybox, the award-winning app helping people save and invest for their future. Moneybox allows you to invest with your spare change, from your morning coffee to your bus fare, rounded up to the nearest pound. Moneybox offers a range of savings and investment accounts and makes it super easy to use. All you do is sign up in minutes and get started with just one pound. Join over 200,000 people saving and investing for their future with Moneybox. You can download the app today or head to moneyboxapp.com for more details. Please remember that with all investing, your capital is at risk. And thank you to Moneybox. An Honest Account, a podcast about how money affects our lives, our work, health, relationships and more. I'm Rachel Revis and today, well, it's almost Christmas and whether you hate it or love it, it affects us all monetarily. I'm speaking to freelance journalist Nicholas Lawson and women's magazine editor Tola Fisher about the biggest money regrets we have from this year. Mine is definitely the most embarrassing one. And I forced them to share their New Year's resolutions. Thank you so much for joining me in like minus temperatures outside. What is it actually? What is the actual temperature? I don't know. Cold. It's cold. Hashtag cold. But you're wearing like an amazing fur jacket. That's how cold it is. Um, but I've got snacks. I've got the wine, mince pies, weird custard biscuits. Does this look like Christmas to you? It's yeah, the, the most mince pies Christmas definitely. I've seen. Yeah, this on the year. table this year. Good. For me personally, yeah, outside of MS. <laughs> Because this will go out near enough to Christmas, so we're just getting into the the spirit, I think. So, um, Nicola, you went freelance six months ago? Uh, Three. Three? Three Oh my God, okay. (laughs) And I bet this, when you get to the end of this year, you'll have learnt loads, work stuff, money stuff. How are you feeling at the moment and what do you think the main things you've kind of learned so far? Um, to be honest, I'm actually worse with my money when I have a staff job. Um, I think it's because I just think, oh, there's some extra money coming in in a few weeks' time. So mm-hmm. I'm really, really bad um, when, you know, I've just left a, a, a full-time job and um, I can't believe how bad I was actually in that year. <laughs> when I'm freelance, I... No, I have to be really careful and I have to manage my money and I have to keep an eye on things. And so I do. And so I'm, re- I'm much better aware of what's going on, what's coming in, what's coming out. Um, so I'm actually really relieved to be freelance again because mm. um, I feel like much more in control. Even though you are relying on other people paying you, um, I I sort of factor that in when I work out what, what will be coming into my account. Um, so actually, I'm feeling really good, but I've got I've got some things to do, like clear my credit card, which built up while I was on doing oh, the staff job. Yeah. Um, so I've actually done quite a few things recently. I um, I downloaded the money dashboard, which mm-hmm. tells you exactly what you've spent your money on. And I realised how much I spent on delivery, for example, and quickly <laughs> deleted the app mm. and then got it again when I was really hungover <laughs> and then deleted it again. But um, <laughs> mm. trying to be more aware of use of that. Mm. Um, so I've tried to be more 
like honest with myself, which is fitting for the name of this uh, podcast. Um, <laughs> and I also got the Plum app, which mm-hmm. saves on your behalf. Um, so I was able to pay 200 quid off my credit, credit card the other day with with that and I didn't how, even how does it work it's like does roundups when you buy stuff yeah is it's it, or... some kind of algorithm so it okay. works out how much you can afford and then you can choose another option where it will round up the penny so if you pay something it's mm. 9.99 it will round up um and I turned all of the notifications off it so that every time I open it it's a surprise what's in there because otherwise it tells you you know I'm putting four pounds sixty in and mm. I'd rather I'd much prefer like checking it every few weeks and so it's being like, like Christmas wow. come early when you open it <laughs> exactly so um there's a course I want to do soon and I've just opened it and I can afford it so that's good that's amazing so, yeah you've only gone freelance a few months ago so yeah good start and, and that's that was... why I think it's been six months because she's been doing so much <laughs> yeah Exactly. I sort of, um, I think, because I was, I've been thinking about going freelance for about a year. Um, I sort of was so excited to be freelance and be able to just like start putting my fingers in lots of pies. I just got a bit quite keen, yeah. So <laughs> keen is good. <laughs> the first month was crazy, mm-hmm. and I was going all over the um, country with um, Tortoise, which is a, a, a news organisation I sometimes work for. And um, and then there was a lull, and I was like, oh, no, I haven't got enough work. And that's when I sort of started to panic and looking at money, what's coming in, how can I afford my bills and stuff. Mm. And then, of course, it picks up. It always does. So I think yeah, you just yeah. have to trust sometimes. Tola, what do you think you've learnt this year? What's your biggest money lesson so far? Because it's not over yet. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it almost is, isn't it? It's crazy. Almost is, almost it's is. interesting you earlier just used the word trust because one of the things I did for the first time this year is I didn't have any resolutions. I just had like a word I was going to use for the for the year and it was trust. Oh. And I felt like I really needed to <coughs> just trust God for my with my year, like trust that things would work out because at the beginning of the year, I handed in my notice for a full-time job and went freelance for the first time. I was like, this is a great idea. Everyone was cheering me on. And then I got home and I was like, what have I done? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been there for almost 10 years. Oh, wow. And it was, as you say, it's, it's kind of easy. You kind of get really comfortable. You don't have to think about where the money's coming from. Mm. Everything will get paid on time. And I just moved into my, in my own place that I'm renting last December. And suddenly everything was down to me. All the bills and everything were down to me. And it was just such a shock. Mm. Um, but as you say, everything's fine. So that, like, everything worked out. Things balanced out. So some months were more difficult than others in terms of budgeting and things. And some months were peak months. Um, and actually, I think it's just just believing yourself and trusting as well that when you make a decision and you fully are behind that decision, it will be, it will work out. And um, the lessons you learn along the way are that exactly. They, they're lessons. And, you can't, and I, I learned not to kind of, be too annoyed at myself when I did things that were wrong. So I overspent maybe one month or forgot the TV licence was going out in one bulk amount rather than, like, incrementally over the, the year. <laughs> it's just the worst. And, like, electricity bills go out, like, in three three times a year, all that kind of stuff that really psyched me out. Um, it was actually fine because the next month I just spent a bit less. It's interesting you talked about trust because I kind of think, I get the sense all three of us probably are the proactive type. Like, yes, trust, but also we're probably going to make yeah. sure we get it done or yeah. get do what we have to do. Like, it was not Trust isn't going to work necessarily if we're, like, really lazy or really, like, 
But then I think a really lazy person wouldn't necessarily do that, make those jumps. Yeah, true. Because it's going freelance or whatever, they're not easy decisions to make Mm. and you you have to think them through. I was freelance at the beginning of the year and then I started working in tech in June because my dad was like, what are you doing? You had a really good job. Maybe you should get another really good job. (laughs) And I just wanted to develop my skill set a little bit more and one of the things that I realised after being divorced is how little I paid attention to my money because my ex kind of did most of the money stuff mm. and so a lot of my friends who were in similar positions maybe split up from a partner or was found themselves unexpectedly single were in the same positions which is weird because we have jobs that we got by ourselves but when it came to money we weren't as proactive and I really wanted to um, see myself as being someone who was really advocating for a better better um, health when it came to money and finances and so I started working for a, a, a fintech called, well, not quite a fintech. Um, it's called RVE, and they cover U-Switch and Zoopla and some financial services comparison sites. And I was there for five months and actually learning loads and really enjoying it and actually felt like I was getting a handle on my own personal finances being there. So I also, like, joined, like, I got, like, a styling account, changed my bank account for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I've got this, I'm really organised. Um, and then got headhunted for where I am now, which is editing a women's magazine. And I absolutely love it. Like, I'm exhausted today, <laughs> but I love it. So I'm back in full-time work. And That's really interesting. How were you headhunted yeah. from fintech to editing the magazine? Yeah. It, that came from um, a, a boss I had maybe seven or eight years ago who'd recommended me for the job. And it was completely out of the blue. And I hadn't, ex- I hadn't thought about it coming up. I hadn't expected it. They just brought a magazine. And they thought I was the person they wanted to edit it. So... It's very wow. dreamy. It felt very dreamy. Congratulations. Thank that's you. Amazing. I just finished my book, so that's now with the publisher. And I'm just resting from <laughs> looking at red all over my words and cutting pieces, which I thought were really funny and witty, which my editor thought were not funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that must and be added really nothing to the piece. Always the way. <laughs> so are you going to um, not watch the purse strings too much this Christmas because you feel like you deserve a bit um, of success and celebration? I'm... No, I'm going. I'm still. I'm still thinking. But I'm going to be quite careful because I don't yeah. want to be overly extravagant just because it's Christmas. I didn't grow up celebrating Christmas actually, so it, I love it now as an adult. Um, but I think that it does get a little bit excessive. So I'm spending my money on things like just being around people, like going for dinners, going for lunches. Um, actually, Rachel, you inspired me with your um, talking about having a dinner party. I'm now thinking I need some a Christmas drinks party. So That's if anyone turns up to my Christmas party, <laughs> which I'm really worried that they will. I actually can't that day. I have another one to go to. Nicola, you're invited. Yeah, I was about to say, well, at least Pressure. you've been invited. <laughs> but Nicola, what about your Christmas this year? Um, what is your attitude generally? Like, did you grow up spending quite a lot on it? or? Well, I'm from working class background and we were always... Um, we were always aware of money in the house, you know, and that we didn't have that much. Um, we would have been what, like, Theresa May would have called just about managing. Um, so right. my dad was a mechanic and my mum was a nurse, but she also worked part-time as a cleaner. Um, so so I saw my parents working really hard. Mm. But they, my my mum loves Christmas, so actually she would... she She's really good with money and she would just save up for it, so... Um, so yeah, Christmas is quite a big deal for us growing up. Um, mm. not just with presents, but the whole thing, you know, uh, but she would definitely save up and 
so it was quite mm. it was very Christmassy. Yeah, my <laughs> is she loves one of those Christmas well. clubs? I re- I found out they exist recently. But what's that? Where you just sign up and you're like no. putting money in over the year. But have you then heard of this? I have, but some of them went bust and then people oh. were left without anything for Christmas Day. So no, she just saved up herself. So oh, gosh. that's oh, uh, better, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um but actually lately, because all of us in the family um, particularly me and my sister, but now my mum as well, have got um, more interested in, you know, sustainability and worrying about the environment. So um, my mum actually said, you know, maybe we shouldn't wrap our presents up. She actually say, always saves, um, like, you know, like you get gift bags. She's got like a whole <laughs> cupboard of them. Um, and I remember when my ma- my gran um, at Christmas Day used to spend ages like unwrapping the the presents so she could reuse them. This uh, could be my life. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now I'm kind of like my gran had the right idea. Yeah. My I gran lo- used to that. iron wrapping yeah. paper and like fold it up and use it the next year. But this was back yeah. in like the fifties or whatever. Yeah, that's what she did as well. Yeah. But now <laughs> I think that we will be doing that in in our household. So I actually bought some brown paper. I love brown uh, paper. for. For Christmas, Christmas Day. Well, what about recyclable so, wrapping paper? Does that count, or is brown I think that's paper definitely still... better? Mm. I don't okay. know. My mum was kind of like, um, "Yeah, don't use sellotape." I was like, "I've already got loads of sellotape, oh, so I'll probably sellotape. use up what I've got." I didn't even think about sellotape, mm. but yeah, neither did I actually. Um, my mum was like, "Tie it up with a ribbon." And I was like, "I hate ribbons." I was like, "Oh, wait, if oh, anyone's listening ribbons. that has a ribbon phobia, please get Do in touch." You? I have Should a we get a ribbons? Present with ribbon oh, right? ribbons. <laughs> just cover them in ribbons. I've just got them in a jar, so oh my god, I'm not going to come out and get Nicola, you. I'm not She's joking. actually recording from the microphone. I'm going to have a nightmare. I'm going to have a nightmare about it. it's a jar of ribbons. Jeez. Oh wow! Are they tied in little bows? <laughs> No, they're just ribbons. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't speak for a minute there. Well, if you ever get any ribbons and you don't want them, you know, this you can is just give them genuine to me. Genuine. Really? There's, actually, there's actually like a name for it and I don't know what it is. Well, I'm scared of baked beans, so I feel you, you and your irrational fear. <laughs> no ribbons at Christmas. That's one thing we've identified baked for beans me. beans really freak me out. Um, leftover yeah. food on people's plates. Anyway, really? I digress. Yes. What about this leftover stuff? Yeah. This is okay. It's it more saucy eaten. stuff. Uh, you know, like congealed. Like a proper dinner. Like the guy downstairs in the studio is eating um, mash and, <laughs> and sausages and gravy. And I just know that that would look disgusting afterwards. I have to clean, you know, take the plate away from me. It actually relates to Christmas Day because Christmas Day, hey. you know, it looks quite gross. And some people just, just sit, sit there, there for ages chatting. Mm. And I have to take it That's into the kitchen. Cool. But yeah, so my family's doing a secret Santa this year. My family has a bad habit, several members in particular, and they know who they are, of overspending. And it's like... Isn't there a budget? For se- isn't that how it works? Yeah, it? so this year we were going to try oh, and do a budget, okay. but I've already blown it, um, to be honest. <laughs> you're, the, you're that member of the family. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you're talking about yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of am. But because you feel guilty, it's like it's the whole thing about the big present and then the little yeah. presents, and then nobody wants to outshine anyone else. So you end- Does, it, does it anyone else stressful. relate to this? We don't do Secret Santa in the family, uh, but I've had, you know, I've had that with friends, yeah. But I think you just have to be really strict with the budget. And say it can't be over. Yeah, that's probably key. I think that that is the Laying only way the to wall. do it. it is, that is hard, though. That is hard, yeah. If Because if you know that somebody else is probably going to go over, you don't yeah. want to look stingy. Yeah. That's the worst. Exactly. No, we usually, um, me and my sister <coughs> usually buy my parents a joint present. Uh, it's usually um, a membership to the National Trust. Mm. 
So I hope they're not listening. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well if it's usually the same, I think they know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. But I like giving them that because it's something they can use throughout the year. There's one near their house. They can mm. just sometimes go for a nice walk or um, they don't usually go on holiday abroad or anything. So, yeah, um, so yeah, they just go. They like to go for a nice walk around mm. the state. That sounds like estate. something I quite like. Actually. Yeah. And then I've actually asked them for um, vouchers this year. I never, ever ask for vouchers because I love unwrapping things. Yeah, same. Mm. But I've asked for vouchers to do a sewing course. Um, because I've set up my sewing machine, I'm af- afraid of using it. So I feel like have the That's time. Amazing. I don't know. Get your ribbons out <laughs> and make something. <laughs> this is a really life? good point. I don't know when I'm going to have the time because I'm the busiest person I know. But yeah. I'm going to try and find the time. Okay. Because I do like crafting; it's stress relief for me. So that's fair enough. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm scared of my sewing machine, which was a previous Christmas present, but I've only used it once with my mum's supervision because she's amazing at dressmaking. Did you say you're scared um, of your sewing machine? Well, it's just it feels like I'm adding I've, to the list of fears. It's it's not a phobia. <laughs> okay. It's more like. I've forgotten sort of exactly how to use it and I don't want to break it. Well, it's quite dangerous. Mm. Like if you're, you know, that, I don't even know how to describe it, that needle thing, oh, no. start, you switch on, that's it starts true. drilling away. You've got to be careful. Put your fingers in there. Well, that's why I'm going to go on a course and I will be um, showcasing my homemade clothes next year, which oh, is wow. also a part of my sustainability oh, okay. You've got drive. a whole plan. That's mm. great. Yeah, I think that's do. actually my plan for the year. Mm. Um, Tola, do you ever feel the guilt about overspending or are you quite good on budgets and um no I'm not because one of my love languages is giving and receiving gifts yes so I I will always overspend unfortunately because I just want people to be really happy yeah and it's like it feels like it's quite an investment for me Mm. and if people give me presents that I don't like I am the worst at receiving them what you just don't pretend no I have no poker face (laughs) at all I have a very strong memory of getting my dad gave me a Sony Walkman, showing my age now, when I was a teenager for my birthday one year. Or Christmas, I don't know, either. And it wasn't what I wanted, and I threw it on the floor and stomped <gasps> on it. <laughs> it didn't break, because it was Sony. <laughs> but that, I... You were yeah. a teenager. Oh, I would have yeah, loved that It's not that different from what I'm doing why, now. <laughs> why didn't you want that? No, I think I want something else. Oh, okay, wasn't, you had something else present, in mind. There was something yes. else I wanted. So now... At least I'm you didn't get a book lists. from your mum saying, how um, sort your life out, which was the title of the book, which I once got. <laughs> deeply offensive and I didn't even open <laughs> and I think I threw that across the room I was like what is this you is guys are rem- present no <laughs> <laughs> you guys are reminding me of that you know Kirsty Allsop like smashed an iPad do you remember that no. Yes. This year. She did. That was for very different reasons, Wait, but it's kind of I've reminding me of I've forgotten why she did no, it, because um, her kids were watching it too much or something. She's like, I'm, I'm going to show you, and breaks it. Oh. So maybe you guys are going to get a lot of backlash after this. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Maybe. Um, yeah, so what what are you guys doing for Christmas this year? Is it a you at home family thing? Like, What do you normally do? I love my new home, so I want to just be there. Oh, nesting. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of I'm definitely nesting. I am 100% nesting. Oh, How are you doing with buying stuff for it? <laughs> um, I So at the beginning of the year, I stopped buying clothes. And I was like, yeah, I'm saving loads of money. And then just replaced it with home stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Easily. This so I became obsessed with like rugs, um, oh. just different lights. Wow. Um, and actually, but apartment therapy are going to ha- have come and film my apartment for one of their house tours. So it'll be coming up <gasps> in a couple of weeks. You must have a really amazing place. I think it's more like what I've done from what it was when it started, Amazing. when I first moved in. But I'm very proud of it now. 
I just love my hometown, Shrewsbury, mm. and it's just the best place to be at Christmas. Because, I don't think I've ever been to Shrewsbury. Well, it's um, it was in uh, it like a Charles um, Dickens, a Christmas Carol. I love Charles uh, Dickens. Yeah, Tell the nineteen eighty four version of a Christmas Carol was filmed in Shrewsbury, so it's all mm. you can imagine. It's all cobbled streets, and it's Aww. just gorgeous at Christmas all the Christmas decorations mm. and re- little cosy pubs and restaurants and cafes oh <laughs> such an advocate for Shrewsbury yeah I am um, <laughs> the Shrewsbury tourist board should uh, pay me <laughs> some money <laughs> do you guys um, fall into the trap of any like Boxing Day sales or Boxing Day boredom slash buying things nowadays I wouldn't just I'm, I've just got too much stuff in my flat anyway um, but it's mm. more like something useful maybe I might think about it mm. I actually need a stool for example for my for my where my sewing machine is set up <laughs> <laughs> that sounds Dickensian in itself yeah it does um, how about you Tor? Um I, I used to love sales but mm. I feel like there have been sales this whole year I don't yeah. really feel like we've been missing out on discounted yeah. products they just put all the awful stuff out now yeah it used to be good I swear it's like any excuse like, it's a Halloween sale it's like a bonfire night sale it's not a sale mm. that's just a random reason to get people into the shops um, but I love shopping and mm-hmm. I love clothes and I love shoes and I love lingerie so those are my three mm. like actually lingerie and shoes are my areas where I'm like oh, it doesn't matter how much I spend because it's important because it's like supporting me and it's literally physically all, <laughs> yeah exactly shoes will always fit me yeah. So that I will the things I absolutely love I will look for in Boxing Day sales, but they're never really in there. The reason I bring it up as well is because I think I've done so much for my finances this year. Like I've started investing, started you know saving in premium bonds, and done all these things, and really taken proper steps as a as an adult to sort this out. <laughs> um, but here I am making the same, arguably stupid decisions. I don't know if I'll ever change. So this is, mm. I'm bringing this up as like an end of year conversation. Have I learned anything at yeah. all? I don't know. Mm. I will always be tempted to buy stupid things. Yeah. Um, I just signed up to um, Birchbox because I was tempted oh yeah. by like a, um, one of the free the beauty gifts. boxes, right? Yeah, I need to come oh, yeah. to it. I mean, it's been quite good so far and I do like getting the present and <laughs> it feels like a present. But then I'm like, I don't need it. And they're, they're, it's, it's, I think... If it was like once a season or something, it might be quite good. I have mm. tried a few of the products and I do really like them, but I just think I don't need this every month. What am I doing? Subscriptions are so dangerous. Yeah, and that's the type of thing I'm really bad at, like accidentally paying for stuff. Yeah, there was a time I just got back from holiday where I actually lost eighty euro because I accidentally threw it away, which is my <laughs> bit. <laughs> Which is my biggest money regret of the year, because I think you asked us to think about oh, money yeah. regrets. Money, thank you for reminding but me that of my question. that is my biggest money regret of the year, because um, I was really on a budget for that holiday. Oh, uh, it was yeah. a Hindu first of all, in Croatia, and then I was going to Italy to have some chill-out time in my friend's flat. She wasn't there, but she allowed me to stay for free. Um, so I had a small budget for the Italian portion of the holiday because I and then because I overspent on the Hindu section of the holiday, I was like, this is great. I've got the 80 yeah. euro. I'm just going to have a really chilled time. And then I had the two um, envelopes from M&S or wherever I got it from. And one had the euros in it and one had the um, 
I can't remember what money it is in Croatia. But anyway, that currency. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally chucked the wrong one oh, away at the end of the Hindu. Um, I think it was just a mistake. It's a type of stupid thing that I do. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't like a crazy amount because it could have yeah. been no, so it could have worse. been worse. It could have yeah. been a lot worse. Um, Tola, what's your biggest regret this year of money regret? I don't know. I was just thinking when you're talking, actually. I think it's not that it's been one significant amount of money that's the regret. It's just... In buying stuff for my house, I get so excited like looking for stuff online. So I'll find what I want on Liberty Home or somewhere very expensive, like Heels, and then try and find a cheaper version on like Spock or eBay or somewhere really cool, mm. in my opinion, cool. And then buy something ridiculous, which I don't really like, but it looked cool on the website, and then I get it, and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. So I really want this copper pot, uh, copper kettle, which is £220. And I went to get a cheaper version, which was shaped like a swan, and it was £20, and it came, and it was its just disgusting. <laughs> and I was just so annoyed at myself. Was it a copper swan kettle? Yeah, it was just There's awful. a lot going on there. <laughs> it looks really pretty, and I like things that look unique yeah, and different. okay. And then I got it, and thought, what a waste. Well, you have to, like, polish it to I keep it looking oh, just, I go to a charity gold. shop. Oh. So that's, there have been several of those occasions of being like, oh, that's such a good buy, a bargain, and then it's not, it ends up in someone else's house or kitchen. It's the risk you take, I guess, right, when you... Because you, you're buying things online. Yeah, especially and you can't really... I mean, you can return it, but it's just a faff on eBay. Yeah. Or like Spock when you're going to someone's house and it's just... yeah. I've never tried Spock, actually. It's a weird name for starters. Their radio adverts are so annoying. I've never... It's like shop in your pocket, isn't it? I've it's, never heard of it. They just say the name to, like 20 Spock. times in the advert. Well, you can just um, go... So it's like it shows you things that you want that are local to you, so you can go to their house. And I live in Italy, so everyone around me has amazing things. Oh. But it you can't really give stuff back because it just feels really awkward I'm um, giving you back your copper swan <laughs> yeah, so really you just have to keep it <laughs> can't you put it on the thing yourself yes come and get my copper swan yeah so can I tell you my yeah. um, it's a bit embarrassing I told Hugh producer before we went on air and I'm saying it again um, I was on Instagram and I'm trying to get understand how Instagram works I find it really confusing and I was scrolling through stories and there was um, you know Louise Thompson from yeah. Made in Chelsea. I have a feeling you'd say yes because. Oh, sorry. No, it's Should a good I, thing. No, it's a good I have no thing. idea who she is. Who? Because when She's I the short when you wrote hair. an article for the Indie on Spencer yes. Matthew, I was like, we. I think we share a love of shit reality television. <laughs> anyway, um, <Wow. laughs> so Louise Thompson started this company called Live Like Louise, and her partner was like, "Hey, <laughs> that was my that was my reaction." But I thought, let me just keep it in to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> It's so embarrassing. Live um, like Louise. I am God. a sucker for all that stuff. Even though I don't, yeah, I'll never be like that. Anyway, and he was like, yeah, it's been a year and just swipe up and you can get our like um, annual package for just 35 quid. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> so I swiped up and bought it. And I don't know why. What is that? I actually spent 35 quid. And it just said, all it said was like one times annual bundles. Ooh, about annual bundle. Like, what's that? <laughs> Oh, for what? And like? they sent me um, PDFs, like Adobe PDFs <laughs> no. of like workout what? moves. So it was just like, do three times oh, no, squat. I'm actually crying. Oh, Six times plank. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So that you can live like Louise. So I can live like Louise. But it was her partner. Who <laughs> and it was her partner who was, ad- who was a personal trainer who was like advertising this. I feel like it's misleading advertising. It's an annual bundle. Like, oh my God. 
So anyway, <laughs> never your going on Instagram again. PDF bundle. That's yeah. so sad. I thought so you were going to get something sad. through the post. So oh, I thought at least if they, oh, they sent gosh. me like Davina McCall style yeah. workout videos, I could you know like do it in my living room or something. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what their download was like for that. They probably got all the suckers like me. Probably made oh loads. Gosh, You're actually crying. Incre- I'm literally crying. I, just I am an embarrassment just right now. the name of it and then also... <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, you win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I probably do, actually. Um, New Year resolutions, which I love. I love the New Year resolutions. Um, do you have, Nicola, any generally any resolution well you're going to this away day so you've clearly got pla- mm. big plans ahead yes um <laughs> so that must include making making more cash yes i'd like to make more cash <laughs> <laughs> that's a great resolution um yeah. yeah so i i'm sort of in a weird sort of phase because um i'm thinking about leaving london um are you yes I'm shocked my, yes, right my ambition is to leave london and i keep saying this it was supposed to be this year and then i put it off going freelance was part of it actually Mm. um because I'd like to try and buy a flat at some point it's never going to happen here um and also I just I was only meant to move to London temporarily and it ended up in six years so um so I've got that to think about and I back to Shrewsbury um I the dream is back to Shrewsbury but I'm really scared because it's so far away that I I mean it's not that far actually but it's it's I think that I might have to move somewhere that's easier to get to London if I do need to come back um, and just to meet editors and Mm -hmm. and stuff because I'm a journalist and everything is in London. Mm. Um, But then the dream is to be in Shrewsbury, yeah, in Shropshire, you know, with a nice house and write books and write for the Sunday supplements. That's the dream. But I don't know if I'm ready yet. I've got this quite a lot of fear about it um, because I don't want to be irrelevant. (laughs) Let's like, just get it but, out there. Um, <laughs> I think we all feel like it's really... you're never going to be irrelevant. Oh, you really thank are. Thank you. But yeah, I'm in quite a lot of debt, which is actually um, from mainly from um, when I first tried to get into journalism because it was so difficult for me. Uh, I did a six-month unpaid internship. Um, and then I was doing an MA, and did a, which was full-time, I got a bursary for it to pay for the fees, but then I had nothing to live on. So I had this part-time job. It was £400 a month I was trying to live on. It was a whole crazy two years of my life, really stressful and tiring. Mm. I'm sure, I think it was worth it. Um, No, it was Mm, worth it. But it's put put me in debt, uh, which I consolidated this year because I am also trying to be an adult. Mm -hmm. So I consolidated my debts and I felt great about it because I hated having like loads of different people to keep Mm. up with and bills to pay um so that's something that I'm yeah I'd like to increase my income um so that I can pay pay more of it back so I don't know will that be next year do you think or it'll be longer than that no it's longer um but but I do feel better about it Mm -hmm. but then I got the credit card so then I didn't feel that good um Mm. but yeah but that's you know that's um but that but that experience really drives me um in you know so it's 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 sometimes good when something bad happens because you're like now I'm really really passionate um about you know Presspad who I'm working with part-time so we try and help unpaid interns or low-paid interns um so 
So it's good because it, it is really driving me and I feel really passionate about that project and growing it next year and hopefully they'll keep me on because it was supposed to be a temporary job but now I feel like I'm fully part of the team and I can't let it go, which is great. It's always good to have some work that you actually really care about. How about you? So I set New Year's resolutions. Um, I have done in the past. This, for example, this year I, I knew that two of the ones I set, I had no intention of ever doing them. One was... Well, that's a lie. I did think I would. So I do yoga, and one of the things I wanted to try and achieve is a freestanding handstand. Oh, but I've practiced cool. probably like four times in the last eight months. So, <laughs> um, can you uh, do the crawl? Yes, I can do the against the wall. I can do <laughs> so most can, things. Oh, but you can't do the handstand yet. I can't do free hand, a free okay, a freestanding handstand yes. against the wall. Easy crow, all of those things. I love the crawl. I yeah. mean, I can't do it, but I love it. Um, but my one of my friends actually was saying that. She thinks January should be quite a, a kind of calm, a calming fallow month. So I try and use that time to think about what I want to do for that year rather mm. than set it before as I go into January because no one's really doing anything anyway. I can kind of take stuff of what I've been doing and my financial situation after Christmas. And I think I'm in a better headspace to start planning. I think I've in the past I've kind of felt pressure to do everything so that by the 1st January I know what I'm going to do. Um, but actually I'm going to wait a bit and see let things settle a little bit so tell me a bit about i wanted to ask you about your ted talk which is about oh, yeah. like tedx tedx um like it was about kind of debunking the myths of success and how to live an unsuccessful life and i thought that was really interesting to bring in now because of the talk about new year and new year is always pivoted towards you know goals and being bigger better person etc yeah. so tell me about a little bit about the talk which i very much enjoyed wow. thank you i need to watch this yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was just about that feeling that you haven't achieved the things that everyone around you is achieving, maybe, or the things, the markers that you might have set for yourself, and just that sense of what that what that leaves you with. And it was funny because I mentioned a few things, like um, being single, not having children, not having um, a mortgage or whatever, and I always mentioned not driving, and I do drive, but I mentioned it as some people don't drive, and some people think it's something that you should have achieved as an adult. And there was a guy in the audience who was in his, I, I think, 50s. He said afterwards to me that it really resonated with him because he is single, hasn't got children, hasn't got a mortgage, and also doesn't drive. And I remember thinking, there are certain things that really connect you with people. And it's so important to realise that we are all experiencing, most of us, similar, quite similar things. Mm. And we need to start using our own measures to work out what successful means and not look at other people. Mm. So one of the key things I said in my talk that, kind of kicked off the idea in the first place. I went to my friend's um, summer party and we went to the same school, so it was all people I'd known from, like, 13 to 18. Um, and I left on the bus because it was down the road from my house and all my flatmates... Uh, ex... Uh, uh, what are they called? All my ex-schoolmates schoolmates <laughs> yeah. were leaving in, like, Land Rovers and Range Rovers and Mercedes and I was like, wow, what is my life? How have I got... We all had the same education. How have I got to this place where... It's so vastly different. And I did feel like such a failure. And it took me kind of sitting down, looking at things like my CV and what I wanted to achieve and what I had achieved to realise, actually, I am successful in the way I want to be. And I don't need to compare myself. And if I do want those things, that's fine. I, I, I can plan to get there. But I can't look at them and think immediately that's where my success should come from. So it's just about looking at where you're... Where you're um, where you're focusing on for what you want to do next and trying not to let the 
noise everyone else's lives affects you so much. I love that. I wish I could do that. It's, it's easier said than done, but I think having had that life of unsuccess for such a long time, I've kind of gotten used to it because I feel like I'm just growing within where I am now. I'm not looking too much at what everyone else is doing because mm. I can't. It's things like, you know, you were saying earlier about um, being in debt and wanting to buy a house and things. I think if you were, say, for example, you had a partner, you may still be able to do that. Mm. But when you don't have that, you can't. It's not even an option. Yeah. So you have to work with where you are. Yeah. You can't dream up things like that. You just have yeah. to get on with it. And that's something I've just been doing, and I just feel much happier for it. Like, proud yeah. of myself, I think, as yeah, well. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. She reminds me of an article that I read in um, Psychology's magazine. Um, and instead of doing a bucket list where you make wishes or goals or, um, you know, things Future that you want things. to do, yeah. it was called a reverse bucket list. So you look back at all the things you've actually done. Yeah, yeah. And you sit and think, wow, you know, for example, for me, I moved to the other side of the world and lived in South Korea. That's amazing. And, yeah. you know, I should be proud of myself. Um, and I I took that sort of idea when I was feeling... I had really bad imposter syndrome at a previous job, um, one of my previous jobs. And uh, I wrote down all the things that I was really proud of, just for myself, not to share with anyone. Um, and, yeah, it made me feel... It did make me feel more confident because I was like, I've done loads of great stuff. Why yeah. am I... And I was doing a lot of that, comparing myself to others. But even when you were earlier, I was thinking, well, oh, you done an MA, you came by yourself to London, did all this stuff. Like, that is incredible. <laughs> Getting into journalism, like, where you have no connections, is intensely hard. Mm. And, mm. yeah, you should be so proud of yourself. Oh. And I think it is always easy to look at what you've done and take it for granted because yeah. you're just in it. yeah. And it's interesting when we talk to people who are maybe in a different industry and they're like, wow, you do all this stuff. And you're like, yeah, I do. I'm, am I'm amazing. Like it really puts things into perspective for you. So I quite like to tell my friends who have no idea what uh, journalist does and, and it makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> <In> the hype. <laughs> that is true that I compare myself to others and have that feeling of imposter syndrome much, much less when I'm hanging out with, like, say, my school friends, none of whom are... Journalists, yeah, mm. people that are in different industries, and they don't care. They don't care yeah. about if I've got this in the Guardian or I don't have that in the Guardian. Like, yeah, it might to them. They just want, uh, at least I hope, <laughs> they just want to know that I'm like paying my rent and I'm okay and I'm happy and yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, exactly. But I think the more as you get older, like you do, make more friends through work and connections that way. So I've got you know a lot of friends that work in the same field, and it's very easy to be like just compare also i don't i don't know that it's healthy that we need to see what everyone else is doing like we see everything online it's so unnecessary i don't need to see that someone i haven't actually seen for 10 years has just brought her second house in the country and has got her sixth kid i don't need to know that yeah they're not my friends (laughs) (laughs) when you press mute yeah that's why i'm on facebook yeah i think facebook is um the worst for seeing people that you maybe met once in a toilet (laughs) in a nightclub (laughs) and now they're they're married and or they've just got engaged or something. You're like, wow, great. I can't remember who you are. I literally have your lots of engagement there. ring is all over my Facebook feed. <laughs> when you don't remember who they are, that's really worrying. Yeah. Like, I've got 20 mutual friends. So I should know who you are, and I don't. That's really worrying. So yeah, I don't know what my goals are for next year either, actually, because um, I turned 30 this time last year, and um, that spurred a lot of goal setting you know it's the Mm. year when people do marathons and I wasn't going to do that because I have chronic pelvic pain but I did other things and then I'm like huh I've ticked off a few of them and now I don't really know what I'm going to do next year because I kind of figured that like 
30 and that stops. You don't get any older. You hit 30, big milestone. You stop worrying. No, I turned 31. I've got to get back on it. So I had a complete meltdown when I turned 31. 30, I was like, yes, I've survived my 20s. 31, I was devastated oh, no. to be like, single and <laughs> oh, no. uh, not feel time. like I was... I was living in this really know, small really room, bedroom. That's fine. <laughs> okay. I'm fine now. I'm a lot older, so. Yeah. yeah, I went and did a ski season as a sabbatical, which no one does when they're 30s. Yes, I was surrounded by 18 year olds. Which meant they weren't asking the questions that my friends who were my age were asked. They weren't saying to me, Where's your partner? Where's your house? Because they were like, We don't care. We're here to ski. Have fun. Great. So it was Love such it. a different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Going to go and ski do season. Do that, yeah. <laughs> Can you ski? No, I couldn't ski for my season either. I just, I just <laughs> I jumped. Had too I much really fear. I'm, I've got fear about mountains. I think to be when honest. you get older, the another fear. fear. Yeah, <laughs> that is. <laughs> how many fears is that now? <laughs> I didn't realise I was such a scary cat. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Nicole. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you for listening to An Honest Account. Thanks to Moneybox for sponsoring the first two seasons. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It could be my Christmas present and hopefully set me up for season three. Until then, have a great Christmas and New Year and see you in 2020.